just remember baby steps. Take it one step at a time. Don't necessarily take health, relationship, career, and money steps all at the same time. If that's overwhelming, a lot of us have so many things going on in our life. Pick one thing, give yourself a month, give yourself two months, whatever it is. Once you figure out that one thing that builds your confidence so that you can move forward and you can work on the next thing. And before you know it, you'll be able to do two things at once because the first thing will become second nature. And then you begin to learn this new skill. It takes time, but it is so rewarding at the end. And it just takes that intentional effort. Start somewhere. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas to all. L. Dave and the whole Power Adulting team wish you the best during this holiday season. Enjoy all the festivities, and we have the perfect show to help you level up your health, relationships, career, and money in the new year ahead. This episode is chock full of simple tips and exercises to help you improve in each of these areas. You might also want to hop on over to Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at Power Adulting for more insights from our upcoming book and updates on our release of the graduate project we hope you have a fabulous time with family and friends during this glorious time of the year this is the power adulting podcast where we are hunting down the experiences struggles and golden nuggets of wisdom from our helpful guests Stay tuned for an exciting weekly adventure that uncovers practical tips, tools, and tactics to get you from stuck in the muck to smashing your way through life's toughest roadblocks. Well, so Dave, we have learned just an incredible amount from our brilliant guests in our 50 plus episodes since we have started this incredible journey with Power Adulting. Can't believe it, huh? It's almost been two years. It's wild. And we wanted to share some of those things that we have learned about health, relationships, career, and money today. That sounds great to me because that's just kind of the direction of what our book, The Graduate Project, is doing. So yeah, let's get some exercises and tips and tricks and all of that. So health is kind of one of those big areas. There's multiple different facets of it. You know, how how do you take this and figure out what are the important things in there as far as, you know, narrow it down for us, if you could, please? I think that's a great question. And health is just this really broad topic. It covers everything from physical health, mental health, spiritual health, and everything in between. And it can be really intimidating to try and take that first step because improving your health isn't a quick fix, even though a lot of us want to pop a pill and make everything better, but it's really <laughs> a, a lifelong journey. And so the biggest thing that our experts on the podcast have recommended is finding support from a professional to get you started because there are nutrition experts, fitness experts, mental health experts, and they can all customize a strategy specifically for the person they're working with. And that can help them answer these burning questions. I feel like we all have these burning questions like, is this pain that I'm feeling, am I dying of cancer? You know, like you're not, um, but Google might tell you that you are. So having a professional working with you can help you get these answers to the burning questions. 
narrow it down to the right focus for you because yeah everybody's different that's okay but i mean sometimes a lot of people especially us young people finding an expert is like out of our budget that's not something that we can necessarily afford or maybe we're just not ready for that kind of a commitment yet we've just decided that we want to improve some area of our life but we're just trying to take baby steps we're not ready to fully jump into it yet so what we can also recommend is doing a personal evaluation of your health and so what that means uh, and what we'd recommend is starting with just one category, one area of your health, whether that's physical health, nutrition, mental health, spiritual health, whatever it is, pick one of those areas. Don't do them all at once. We want to take one step at a time and commit to a week of writing down everything that you did in that area of health. And after that week is up, look back on that journal and see, does anything stand out? Is there anything that I'm doing repetitively that uh, may not be the best for me? For example, maybe you're eating sugary foods in excess at night before bed, or you haven't made time to exercise, or your anxiety has just been through the roof the entire week. Pick one of those things. Don't pick all three. Pick one thing that you really are noticing and commit to making small changes to improve that. So some examples here for, let's go back to that sugary foods example. Maybe you notice that you're eating a lot of sugary foods at like nine o'clock at night because that's when your craving comes on. Bad, 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 bad. Not necessarily (laughs) the best. It's, I mean, it's not detrimental. One sugary food isn't going to kill you, but excess, yes. Maybe you decide that you won't eat sugary foods after a certain time in the day, maybe five or six o'clock, or maybe it's just eight o'clock. You're pulling it back just a little. Or if you haven't exercised that week and you're like, I really need to exercise but I just can't get myself to do it. Maybe you can see if there's a friend you can ask to be your gym buddy and commit to going once a week on a Saturday or on a Wednesday or whatever it is with that friend one day a week. Don't go zero to a hundred one day a week. Start small. Or if you have that anxiety that you just can't get rid of and you're like, oh my gosh, it is consuming me and you can't seek professional help. Say you're just not ready to seek professional help. You just don't want to do that quite yet. You're trying to figure it out on your own. You could try a yoga class once a week, or you could work on doing daily meditation or journal to help improve that. So like by taking these small manageable steps, you're not going to have the aha wow moment, but you're taking these better steps to improving your health. Work on being that 1% better than you were yesterday rather than going zero to a hundred, because when I do that, I fail almost always. Um, so doing 1% better than you were yesterday. And when you feel like the time is right, then maybe reach out to a coach and be like, okay, I've been doing this on my own. I think I'm ready for this kind of a commitment to help grow myself even further. You're right on there. Uh, And we have had 20 plus years of experience in owning our health club and being in the industry. And I have talked with, dealt with thousands uh, of members. And the same thing, I see it over and over again. Everybody comes in thinking New Year's resolution or whatever. You yeah. know, I'm going to go six, seven days a week and I'm going to exercise and I can do this. And I just say over and over again, 
start off just like you said, one day a week, build upon that, get that to be a habit. And then maybe you're, you'll start loving it so much. You'll want to go two days a or week. You or you bump three. it up just to two. Yeah, exactly. Instead yeah. You of going just go up to two. Five uh, days a week. That's too much. Do little bite-sized. I, I've seen so many people fail that way. They're going to start off with a bang and they blow out with a bang also. So they're yeah. gone in a, in a few weeks. Great, great suggestions there. Uh, we wanted to move on to relationships, which is so important. And we know that you're perfect in the relationships because you're in that honeymoon phase where everything's perfect now that you just got married, but they do take work. So could you kind of talk about the relationships? They are so important. And there is a little hint that uh, I will give you. We've talked about this before. It starts with R. There are two words that start with R. So why don't you lay into that for us and help keep us in that honeymoon stage forever? Yes, Dave. I I wish that honeymoon stage lasted forever, but we all know that it at some point will fizzle out and then it takes work. And we all have relationships in every aspect of our life, right? We have family, friends, peers, coworkers, and we need to encounter and create these relationships. Love is something that is so important to that human dynamic is having that sort of love and relationship in our life. And one thing that we need to remember in relationships that can be challenging is that relationships Relationships either build one of two things, and they both start with R, either respect or resentment. I'll say that again. Your relationships will either build respect or resentment. That is so powerful. We all want to build respecting relationships or relationships that we deem are respectful, but I'm sure that we've all had people in our life or even just one person that we have resented. We don't trust that person. We have bad feelings about them, or even I've been in this position where I feel insecure about something within myself and I push it off onto that person, which then builds resentment. But there are some remedies to this situation. First of all, we want to set boundaries. And we want to hold on to those boundaries because your boundaries are your limits, what you are going to accept. And you are the person who are who is in charge of those. So you need to set boundaries and don't compromise those boundaries for anyone because your well-being, your mental health, your emotional health is so, so important. And if that is failing, it will bleed into your relationships, whether you want it to or not. But building these boundaries and setting the boundaries and holding true to the boundaries requires communication and standing your ground, but doing so with love. And so something that you could say to somebody where, you know, if you're in a relationship that is building some sort of resentment, you can say something like, I love myself and I have love for you, but X, Y, and Z is not okay. And I will leave if that happens again. So you're setting your boundary. You're letting somebody know that whatever they did was not acceptable for you. You're not saying that you're a terrible person. You're not putting them down at all, but you're just letting them know what your boundaries are. And if this happens again, you will leave. Another option, if you've tried to remedy the situation with that toxic person, you just simply need to leave the relationship. If they're not willing to work with you and respect your boundaries, it's probably not a relationship that you should 
keep and hold on to because relationships require energy. And if you're giving energy to people who don't respect your energy or don't reciprocate that energy or are just draining your energy, it's not worth it. And we hope that every person is growing. Like we want every single person to be growing, but it is okay to outgrow a person. Like that person may be say in the partying stage of life, whereas you might be a dedicated student or pursuing your career. And it's okay to say something like, I love you as a person, but this relationship is no longer healthy for me. I need space and maybe we can reconnect in the future. You're not putting them down. You're just setting your boundary and letting them know that I can't do this right now. It's I love you as a person, but I can't do this. So that's a boundary that you can do. And the end goal here is to build respect. And if you respect yourself enough to set boundaries, a mature person, probably not an immature person, but a mature person will respect you for holding true to your standards. And if they don't, then they're not worth having in your life at all. It's like, here's the door. You can leave it. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. And if you don't like that time for the next person or I'll be alone or whatever it is, but I'm not going to waste my time on somebody who won't respect me. Those boundaries are so important and respect for yourself. That's where like attracts like. And if you respect yourself, you're going to bring other people towards you who respect you. So that really is good advice, good suggestion. Relationships, uh, they are not easy by any means. They take a lot of work and we think they just happen and love just uh, happens. Love is an ongoing effort and uh, you got to keep that in the forefront of your mind to keep it respectful versus the building of resentment. Very good. That is perfect on relationships. Uh, What about next? It's career. The graduate project, uh, we talk about building your career and just building yourself in all of these areas, health, relationship, career, and money. So just tell me a little bit about career, good and bad moves uh, that we can do. And it also connects with relationships. Careers are a lot about relationships and building those relationships. So give me what you got on that. Absolutely. And being respected at your job is like one of those things that is vital for happiness in that workplace. If you feel disrespected, you're going to come in and have a terrible attitude because you feel like nobody respects you or you don't respect yourself or whatever it is. And that's going to bring you down in your workplace. So our book, The Graduate Project, will be released soon and it shares five ways to earn the respect of others. And so today I wanted to talk about two of those ways. And if you want to learn more, stay tuned for The Graduate project, which will be released soon. But the first way for building respect of the people around you, especially in your workplace, is to be a more empathetic listener. So what that means is truly taking the time to understand what somebody else is saying rather than getting caught up in our own head and like what we want to say next. I know I'm guilty of this sometimes, you know, somebody is talking and you're like, what do I want to say to like counter this? What do I want to talk about? And then you just totally blank on whatever they were saying. That is not empathetic listening. That is not listening at all, right? You're just just thinking like- I'm thinking about what I want to say next. Absolutely. We're all guilty of that. So we got to watch it. So truly listening is not trying to have the last word. And that can be really challenging. For me, that can be really challenging. Ask Connor. He knows it's a challenge. But one way of empathetically listening is to repeat to the person you're talking to in your own words what they said. So for example, thank you for sharing with me what I understood was X, Y, and Z. Is that what you meant? So there you're able to have something to say back to them. You're confirming with them that you heard them and you are validating whatever they said. And so that can be a really important way 
way to become a more empathetic listener. I was just going to say on that particular point, we called it active listening back in the day. And I like to go one step further than that and make it like you're talking about empathetic, that feeling. So in not just repeating back like a robot that you said this, that, 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 you know, you want to feel what are they really feeling? Not just what their words are, but what they're feeling in their words. So repeat that back to them. I sense that you're struggling with my lack of ability to communicate with you or something like that. And I, I know how much that must hurt. You know, you can put it into words that feel more than just repeating it back. I like that idea of kind of putting the burden back on yourself. When you're pointing blame at everybody else, people get really defensive. But if you come at it at a place that I recognize that I am doing something wrong, that you probably feel hurt, that's going to make somebody more willing to work with you and express themselves because they know that you're not saying you're the terrible person, you're doing all these things. Instead, you're saying, I recognize my own faults. How can I improve? How can I do better? How can we work on this together? I think that's really, really powerful. Great. And another, I wanted to talk about one last way to earn this respect of others in the workplace. And one of those ways that I noticed when I was working at Trader Joe's and in every other workplace that I've been in is elevating the people around you. So instead of complaining about all the stuff that's wrong in your day, because we all have things to complain about, it is so easy to complain. And I noticed this at Trader Joe's that it's an easy way to conversate with people by, you know, bitching about something. (laughs) It it is like people can relate to that, but that's not building anybody up. That's making you look less than you're trying to pull people down to you instead of lifting everybody up. So we want to elevate the people around you. We want to try and find positive things to say to them, maybe complimenting their effort on some sort of a project or telling them that their smile is infectious or finding just something good to say that will build them up instead of trying to bring them down to your miserable level, because we all have that level of misery and we want misery as company. We want people around us, but that doesn't do us any good. That doesn't do anybody any good, except make people respect you a little bit less because they're like, oh, she's always the one who's complaining. Like, okay, cool. I can talk to her when I'm having a bad day, but what if I want something good? Not, not as likely. So elevating those people around you will really help build that respect with other people. They're going to be like, that is the person who is always saying something nice to me, who always finds the good in something. I respect how she lives her life, how he or she lives her life. The Bible talks about gossiping about other people as a sin uh, as well. You know, not a good thing. And there's a reason for that. When you're talking bad about somebody else, everybody else might get included in it. But then they're thinking in the back of their mind, well, what's she saying about me? Or what's he saying about me when I'm not around? So it may feel good at the moment, but it harms everybody in so many different ways. It breaks that trust, right? It, bra- trust. it breaks the trust. Yeah, it starts building resistance resentment instead of respect. Which is exactly the opposite of what we are hoping to encourage people to do. So true. Yeah. So we've talked about uh, health. We've talked about relationships and respect, resentment, and how that also builds into the career and so on. Uh, And we talk about all of these things uh, in our new book. Uh, Plus, we talk about developing the right mindset, the self-awareness so you understand what other people are thinking about you, developing a passion, a purpose, 
And then these, we call them our, our life hacks, you know, as far as health, relationships, career, and money. So the last one is money. And we've got a great testimonial from a, a client of ours uh, who'd been through our program. And in just uh, using this principle in just a matter of weeks was able to virtually uh, eliminate uh, her debt. So lay into us what this tip, trick, and tactic might be. Money can be an incredible burden. I know this firsthand debt is just one of those anchors that like, ugh, makes you feel like there's no end in sight. You're just, all right, well, this is what I'm going to have to live with, this constant reminder of how terrible I am at ma- managing money. But there are ways to pull yourself out of the low, low that you've been at. It's okay to start somewhere, start in that place of a lot of debt, if that's where you're at, or start at that place of just total and utter confusion with money. That's normal. Money isn't taught to us. We're taught math, but we aren't taught about money, which is the funniest thing when we use money every single day. Wild to me. Yeah, we, we don't use fractions every day, do we? <laughs> I I guess it's important, but why don't we incorporate a little of both? I don't right. know. But before I talk about this simple strategy for beginning a budget, um, I wanted to explain and emphasize the fact that actively working on paying off your debt is the first step in managing your finances. I get it that it's not going to be overnight. My wedding, yeah, hurt me. It hurt me a lot, but that's okay. I realize that this is my starting place right now, and I'm going to actively work on bringing myself back to that place of comfort and no debt. And so that is totally fine, but you need to start working on that debt. You need to get it under control. You need to figure out a plan. Are you going to put $300 towards your debt a month? Do you have the ability to put $1,000, $2,000 towards your debt a month? Whatever that is, figure that out and stick with it so that you have a plan for clearing your debt so that you can really feel comfortable and confident in managing your finances. Yeah, you're right. So watching out for debt first, debt first, so, you debt know, first. Take, take care of that. Anyway, go ahead with your, your tactic. And debt does not go away easy, but having a plan and not ignoring it like, oh, it'll go away. It's not going to go away unless you do something about it. So start working on doing something about it. But we recommend for a budget perspective to start with the rule of five, three, two. And so I'm going to explain what that means here. The five stands for 50%, which is how much of your income you should budget for your needs. That means bills, rent, food, et cetera, the things that you need. Then the three stands for 30%. And what that means is we want to use those for your wants. So 50% of your income for your needs, 30% for your wants, maybe new clothes, eating out, fun excursions, things like that. Not necessarily things that are of vital importance, but we want you to have fun in life. Like you don't want to just completely shut yourself in because, you know, you don't want to spend any money. You want to have fun too. So 30% of your income goes to wants. And lastly, the two is for 20%. That's the remainder of your income should be set aside for savings. And you shouldn't be touching it unless you have a dire emergency. I've heard financial experts saying you want to have three months of expenses saved for an emergency. Just in case, you know, COVID happens again and all our jobs get shut off, you have the ability to survive so that you aren't going to be getting evicted. You aren't going to be in a panic. You aren't going to be having to frantically stressed out having to find a new job to be able to pay your bills. So building that savings monthly is really, really important. And that savings category there uh, as well, while you have debt, 
you want to get rid of that debt first. So use that 20% to pay off your debt because uh, that 20% to uh, five, three, two, uh, the 20% at the end that should go into savings. Because if you're paying interest of uh, 15 or 19% interest uh, on that, that hurts. Uh, yeah, it's really hard on you. So pay that off first with that. And then once you pay off your debt, then you should be putting in it into that savings that you never touch. Yeah. And if you are really feeling like this is something that you want to do, you can cut an extra 10% out of your wants if that's something that you wanted to do and put that 10% into your savings. If you're like, I need to figure out my money. I'm going to do anything that I can to figure it out. You know, you can adjust this slightly. This is just a general rule. And if you are really gung ho about this and you're like, I'm going to get this done in the next six months, I'm going to have all my debt paid off. I'm going to, you know, have savings in the bank. Cool. Adjust this so that it works for for you so that you can maximize your debt payoff as well as build some savings. In six months, you are going to be so happy that you started this journey because it will be hard in the beginning, especially the first couple months. But once you start to see the results from it, you start to see your debt go down and your savings go up. It's really, really rewarding. And so that's something that you want to work. It takes this intentional effort. It doesn't just happen on its own. You can set up automatic payments. I mean, our technology is wonderful to be able to take money straight out of your paycheck every month and put it towards your debt or your savings, set something up that's automatic, but it does take that intentional effort, making sure that this is something that you want and something you're going to continue to work at no matter what. And as you practice the skill of money management, it becomes easier and eventually it will become second nature for you, but you need to start somewhere. So good all around. So money, yes, those are right on track. Very simple, easy way to look at it. And then all of the others that we talked about, health, relationship, career, money, all of these things are dealt with uh, in the graduate project, which is going to be coming out soon. So keep an eye on our social media so you can learn more about when that's happening. And next week, I believe we are going to talk about fearlessness and courage and all of these great things because a lot of times we get into the real world and we struggle with FOMO and fear of failure. And so we want to address all of those topics. So that's part of our happiness factor. We've talked about the head, we've talked about the heart, we've talked now about the hacks. And the last part of our course in our book is happiness. So that's where we want to go to. Absolutely. So make sure you tune in next week. We'll be sharing this as well. And we are so glad that you joined us. Just remember baby steps, take it one step at a time. Don't necessarily take health relationship, career and money steps all at the same time. If that's overwhelming, a lot of us have so many things going on in our life. Pick one thing, give yourself a month, give yourself two months, whatever it is, and work on that one thing and be consistent with one thing. Don't worry about anything else. Once you figure out that one thing that builds your confidence, so that you can move forward and you can work on the next thing. And before you know it, you'll be able to do two things at once because the first thing will become second nature. And then you begin to learn this new skill. It takes time, but it is so rewarding at the end. And it just takes that intentional effort. Start somewhere. Excellent. Excellent thoughts all around. Unless you have anything else to add until next week, better your best you everyone. 
Wait a second, guys and gals. If you are a recent or soon-to-be grad or know someone who is, then you need to get The Graduate Project, a success guide for parents and new adults. This book will definitely let parents better understand the adulting struggles that students are facing in our ever more complex society and also help graduates dramatically improve their lives. Go to Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Power Adulting for more info on this brand new book release. Elle and I are thrilled you joined us on the Power Adulting Podcast. We love helping you and always want to improve. Feedback is essential for us to produce the absolute best show possible, especially in these early days. Could you help us out by doing a quick rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use? Take a quick pic of your review and send it to us at Power Adulting on Facebook or on Instagram. If you prefer email, the address is contact at poweradulting.com. Either way, Al and I would be immensely grateful and we'll list you on our website in the Founding Listener Hall of Fame. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next week on the Power Adulting Podcast.